0: Want to run Facebook and Instagram ads but aren't sure where to start? Are you running ads but know they could be doing better? The ads maven, Jen Palsik, is here to help by sharing the secrets to running effective and profitable Facebook and Instagram ads. Now, here is the host of the ads maven, Facebook and Instagram ad strategist, speaker and coach, Jen Palsik. Hello, hello,
1: hello. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm Jen Posick, the ads maven on Inspired Choices Network. Oh, man. So one of the funny things about it being a live show, I don't know if you guys can hear it. Hopefully, you cannot. It just started pouring here, and it looks like it's going to be raining for the entirety of the episode. So hopefully, we will be good. (laughs) Um, All right. So before I dive into the show, I do want to let you know through Friday um that would be February, oh gosh. February twenty eighth at noon Eastern. My Admakers Society is currently open. You can learn more about it if you go to jenposick.com slash admakers, which is also in the show notes. Um yeah. All right. So I my guest today is Antoinette Placidas, who oh gosh, did I just butcher it, Placidas? Hopefully, I did not. You'll let me know in a sec. Um, Antoinette is a business coach who helps product-based business owners strategize around an overwhelming problem in their business and create a plan and brand in alignment with their vision. She's also a member to e-commerce, OBM, and VA and she's a certified obm which we're going to talk all about what that actually is and if you need one in your business and she's a fix this next advisor. She's a Filipina based in Paris, France, who's passionate about spreading abundance mindset, operating from courage and alignment in your business and in life. Welcome, welcome, welcome Antoinette.
2: Thank you, Zen. It's my pleasure to be here. That is exactly how you say my name. It's Um. (laughs) Thank you. I could not have introduced myself better. Like, who is that person she's talking about? (laughs) Yay.
1: Okay. Yeah, my pleasure. Okay. So I know that you are a certified OBM, which stands for online business manager. But Mm -hmm. I think actually until I first talked to you, I didn't really know what one was. So can you talk a little bit about what is an OBM, what do they do, and who actually needs one? Yes.
2: So an, an OBM is, for short, online business manager. If you put it in a, in a very short sentence, it's like VAs on steroids. <laughs> um, oh. We're like unicorns. So we're like the okay. middle person of the business owner and the entire team. So officially, from the onlinebusinessmanager.com website, The official definition of an online business manager is a virtually-based support professional who manages online-based businesses, including the day-to-day management of projects, operations, metrics, and team. Um, So what that looks like is the wife of a business owner, so someone who manages the dirty work so that you can do more podcasts, do more creation, write, go on speaking
1: gigs, or
2: paint if you're like a business owner painter or do whatever it is that you need to do and focus on your zone of genius huh
1: okay I love the VA on steroids analogy I think that makes it really that makes it super clear for me um if if you're listening though and you are not sure what a VA is that's a virtual assistant okay so Mm -hmm. I know that there are different specialties of OBMs can you talk about what the different ones are
2: Okay. So there are OBMs who are focused on launches only. So mostly they work with consultants and course creators and coaches. What they do is they help you take out whatever the funnel of your launches and they carry it out, manage the entire launch, each and every bit of it. They of course need to come together with a team. The only difference with being an OBM and a VA is As an OBM, we cannot function without a team. Like we cannot be an OBM for a business that doesn't have a team or at least one VA. Um, So a launch OBM would be coming into your business every time that you have launches happening. And then they would like come out if everything is like on the day-to-day regular basis.
1: Ah, There's a marketing OBM. Yeah.
2: Um, So there's a marketing OBM who would be like your marketing um, director in a way. So they would be taking over all marketing, um, strategy initiatives and sort of a CMO, you know, in the corporate world. And then there's an operations OBM, which is what I was when I was still doing OBM work, which I still like have clients, um, because I've been with them for a long time, but an operations OBM is your day to day OBM. She watches over the day-to-day businesses, keeping metrics, KPI, making sure things are done, the team is all good and happy, all the projects are rolling in. You um, will also be the one responsible to communicate some launches OBM or marketing OBM if, you know, the business owner has this other types of OBM.
1: Gotcha. Okay. And so you just said that's what you were before, but so do you do different stuff now?
2: Yeah, so I have OBM clients because I've been with them um, for, for a long time, and I love their business, so I am still their OBM, um, but right now I'm focusing more on being a business coach for product-based businesses um, because I came from e-commerce thick for like, um, I'm going to say eight years now. So I am an OBM um, for e-commerce before, and now I'm a business coach for e-commerce businesses, Yeah, and mentor Uh, to other OBMs and VA.
1: Oh, nice. Okay, so you mentor other OBMs, and then you also are a coach for product-based businesses. Yeah. Awesome. So can you tell me a little bit about how you got started with everything? Because I know you've been doing this for a long time.
2: I know. Um, So I started, you know, 10 years ago as a VA, not knowing, you know, what to do in this world. And then I got into e-commerce world to started it. I really started as a VA for a Shopify developer. Shopify is the platform where you create your online stores. Um, yeah. Um So I started as a VA for her and that's how I knew about e-commerce and all that. And as I moved from one client to another, one project to another, I stepped up to team management and little did I know that I was already functioning as um an OVM because I'm handling team management, HR, I am um, brainstorming with a client. I'm like, I'm the wife in the business. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so, and then I met, um, Sarah Nuked and then I did my, my certification and it all started from there. And as I grew into, um, UBM role, I loved it a lot. It's exactly what was missing. Like I thought that I, I'm ready to get out of the VA shoes and be more. And I wore different hats. I called myself operations director or um, team manager or project manager, but it wasn't quite the title that I, you know, I was hoping for, um, for the type of, of quality of value that I bring to my clients. And then I figured out mm. I was an OBM in disguise. Um, and as I was working with my OBM clients, I, I realized that they get more value from working with me on strategy um, level. More than me working on the business per se, so that's how yeah. I started stepping up into the business coaching role.
1: Nice. Okay. Cool. How long have you been doing the business coaching part for?
2: To be honest, I just launched it um last month, that's, and that's so exciting. That I, it is, and I I'm already full for for March, and I what? have rosters oh and yeah, it's like it's like they waited for me. <laughs> 'cause you know you would have people in your network who would ask you about things and and like you would you know hop on a quick call with them or you would do I would do a loom video for whatever they're asking you about, and when they knew that I was doing business coaching, they suddenly said, Hey, you're finally doing this. like how do we get started? I've been waiting for you to do this. It's super exciting.
1: that's awesome, oh man, okay, so I know that you said something about you have been doing all of this stuff while like using like a four day work week.
2: Yes. Um
1: I am. It's it's
2: super exciting. One of the the things that I value the most is um I know it's not existing and, and people sometimes get icky about it, but one of the things that I, I value the most is harmony in my life. There is no business blend and then Life plan. To me, it's all the same because there's only one me and I can only have 100%. I cannot be 100% on un- un- business or 100% in life and like live a separate life. And I, yeah. I don't want to run my business or my life that way anymore. So I joined uh, a mastermind by, by Kaylin Asher. She is a three day work week coach. Um, she has a program called uplifted and it's still happening right now. Um, she teaches you how to grow your business but you know, still have the quality of life and live on a three day work week. I have not reached three day work week yet, yet but I have reached the four day work week. Like I don't take um I don't work on Fridays. Like I just shut down everything. I don't work on my business, I don't work on anybody's business, I just shut down everything and go to Paris. <laughs>
1: But that means you also don't work on Saturday or Sunday. No. <laughs> right? I have,
2: yes, absolutely. I have three-day weekends. It's amazing. It's life-changing. Oh, my goodness.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um, I'll be honest. I, like, I'm hearing you say this, and I'm just like, what? Because I basically <laughs> do seven-day work. Week. No. Sometimes six days. But I'm, like, always working. Okay. So talk to me a little bit about how do you actually make that happen? Okay. There's. Because people
2: think that you just sit on the calendar, plan your week ahead, and just don't put anything on Friday. It doesn't work like that. There's a whole lot of mindset in doing it and a whole lot of setup. Um, Most important for me was, like, self-worth issues. Like, if you're, you know, hearing me say that in my head, I was like, what am I talking about? But really, it is. Um, Because... What I do now is I plot, so the first thing to do is plot in your calendar, right? Just like, okay, you need to have the non-negotiables. So what are those non-negotiables? So like, I don't do that now, but um, for some mothers, it's kids drop off, or pick up, lunch, or rest, or whatever it is. You have to yeah. categorize your, your schedule with non-negotiables, client meetings, um, quiet time, Creative time and you just have to figure out where your flow is and it does, it needs to be not so rigid that you get um, burnt out of it. And the secret in time blocking is you need to block like the blocks needs to be three to four hours per block. It cannot be hour by hour the way that we do it and <laughs> the way that we know that okay, first oh. hour I'm going to write on something, the second hour I'm going to be doing this. It doesn't work like that. Your brain cannot Go from one activity to another, especially if it's totally right. different hats. So it has to be a block of three to four hours, and then you batch it that way. Um, so I started doing this time blocking first before I, and then I I knew by doing the time blocking, I figured out how much work I have with how much time I'm willing to to give to work, and then I saw how much really I have in my capacity, and then I decluttered and eliminated the tasks that I thought I need to do, you know, when you try to analyze your stuff, your, you put your, your to do's in a list and saw your calendar, there are things that you thought you needed to do, but really, they're not money generating at all. So you can eliminate that. So I declutter my schedule every Sunday and reassess every Sunday if I still want to continue doing a certain activity. Now, I was able to get to a four-day work week when I I saw really what my capacity is and what my activities really are. I'm saying this because sometimes we sit on the computer and pretend that we're gonna work on this thing because it's on our calendar, we have to do it, but a lot of time of <laughs> that is just us procrastinating, right? You're really not doing it. Oh, absolutely. Um, Yeah, <laughs> so you have to set yourself up for that. Like, think of the activities that you could batch together and just really, it comes down to really knowing yourself and, and feeling it and being intuitive and making decisions on what, you know, the activities that you want to engage into. And once I, I knew this, I I figured it out. And that's my stuff Monday to Thursday. In the beginning, it was so hard. Like, I feel that I'm not worthy to do that. Like, who am I not to work on yeah. a Friday? Like, <laughs> It's been a decade that I've been working five days a week, sometimes even seven, like I was the year before. (laughs) Coming from 80 hours a week of work, this is mind-blowing to me, but I figured once that I was able to nail down the things that I really want to do and the things that are really important for me to do, I was able to schedule them properly in in my Monday to Thursday schedule. And... um I realized that I'm able to accomplish more, like the big important things more. That's one of the things, but also my, I set up my, my office, my, my house, my system, my, my family to respect that. Um, We Mm. have SOP or like, um, oh, wait, Uh,
1: Antoinette, you there? Sorry. So, I no no no, you're totally fine. I want to hear all about this. We are going to take a quick break though. When we get back, I want to continue to I have some more questions for you around time yeah, blocking okay. because it's definitely an area that I I need some help as well. <laughs> and I assume <laughs> some of my listeners do too. All right, so you're listening to the Ads Maven with myself, Jen Posick, on Inspired Choices Network. We will be right back.
0: Want to run Facebook and Instagram ads but aren't sure where to start? Are you running ads but know they could be doing better? The Ads Maven, Jen Palsik, is here to help by sharing the secrets to running effective and profitable Facebook and Instagram ads. Listen to the Ads Maven every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 2 p.m. Central, 1 p.m. Mountain, and 12 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Are you a subject matter expert? Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email Host at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. This is the Ads Maven with Facebook and Instagram ad strategist, speaker, and coach, Jen Palsik. To participate in the show, call in the U.S. 815-880-8255. Canada 613 800 8736 or Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You can also email questions and comments to Jen at theadsmaven.com. Now, back to the show. All
1: right. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back. I'm Jen Posick, the Ads Maven on Inspired Choices Network. All right. Antoinette, before we went to break, we were talking a whole lot about time blocking and ways to make it work. And I'm so sorry I interrupted you in the middle of telling a story. Do you want to continue with that?
2: Yeah, sure, no problem. So um, I was, what I was trying to say is that for me to be able to get to where I was able to work and and get to a whole different level in my business on four day work week, I started with knowing what I want to do and letting go of the things that I don't want to do. By not doing them <laughs> and or if it's really important for my business, I outsource them. Like I have my team work, you know, work on this task. And I also situated myself to be able to work in this scenario. I communicated this to my husband and to my kids. So. I created SOPs or standard operating procedures in place for them to follow, so that they don't disturb me a lot of time. I have three kids.
1: Wait, and if we have you created mom- standard operating per- procedures for your husband and your kids to not disturb you? Yes.
2: Yeah, so they can do.
1: <laughs> <That's> <laughs> Am
2: I going to be in- mom's? I'm. Ex- I. I. I might be mom saying shamed- after this live fight. Um. I created SOPs for my husband to do the dishes the way I needed to be done to prepare the meal for the kids. He does the cooking now and for my kids to (laughs) find the clothes that they need. Like their, their clothes has tags in them, like tags in them. So he would, they would know where to get the school shorts, school pants, whatever they need. I enable them to support themselves. Um, so they don't need to. Does this mean you have
1: stuff like, with, okay, with, like, the SOPs that show your husband how to, like, do the dishes and that type stuff, does that mean, like, you have ever all of this, like, written down for him to, like, just go to, like, if he needs it? In the beginning, yes. I have ClickUp for my family. <laughs> it's great. ClickUp is a project <laughs> management
2: tool. Um, in the beginning, yes, but he said, remember when you're a an OBM and you need to, like, you need the clients to let you go to do your, your stuff the way you you need to do it. He said, it's the same thing with me. I can follow you, like give you the results that you want, but you need to let me do it my way. So I, you know, let him do it his way, (laughs) but you know, so brilliant. Yes, it is. And you know, it's it's something that you need to train um, them to do, but they will, they are super good at it. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to let my kids go and out of the house by 15 because I'm pretty sure they're going to survive without me. (laughs)
1: Yeah, I know. It sounds like they're going to be, like, so self-proficient, which is awesome. Okay, so I have have questions around this. I have a lot of questions around this, I feel like. Okay, I get the, like, putting – I like the idea of, like, putting things in the time blocks of, like, three to four hours and not just, like, one-hour time blocks so that you actually – Give yourself the time to, to get stuff done and to be able to like work. Mm-hmm. And I, um, oh gosh, so years ago I went through Todd Herman's program all about where one of the things that he talked about that was like kind of mind blowing to me was around time stuff and how much time we waste anytime we have to switch contexts of what we're thinking about. So if we're switching contexts like even just like twice, we lose like our productivity right. by like an insanely huge amount. And so I totally understand like working on one thing till you get it done and then work on the next thing till you get it done. That makes a lot of sense. But then, so it's like, it makes sense in theory, but then I have like meetings with people. I have like my BNI group that I'm a part of. So that's like once a week. And then I have like meetings around that. And with that, you're supposed to have like one-to-one meetings with people, then I have like client calls. And like, if a client is in the middle of launching, I kind of do everything I need to, to be able to support them with that. Now it's different if it's like, like ads management clients, like I'm just in there managing their ads. But if it's like the done with you coaching clients, and they're in the middle of a launch, I kind of just work my schedule around them, just to make sure that they're getting what they need when they need it. So how do I make all of that work okay. with all the time block? Yeah.
2: Okay. I'm the same thing. And and before I was an OBM, Like in when I was an OBM, like purely 100% an OBM, everybody needs me. There is no schedule whatsoever. Everybody just needs yeah. me, right? And how do I work with that? You, in your situation, you actually so much more, you have so much more control, but I'm going to circle back to step number one. You have to take, um, you have to take into account everything that you do, like all of the activities that you do, like every single thing. List it down. Think of the non-negotiable ones and then the not, the negotiable ones, the ones that you can, you know, transfer to somebody or completely not do. And then you plot out in, plot it out in your calendar. And then what I do, what I started with is I also plotted client calls, spaces. So yeah. I would create client call spaces for my morning if I have a client, you know, based in Europe, and I would uh, create client call spaces in the afternoon. So you have to have a little bit of um, discipline to stick with that and say, hey, actually, I'm not free this Monday. Um, whatever client yep. call, you know, slot you have, can we do a Tuesday? And more often than not, they will say, yeah, sure. Like the thing is you accommodate them, but you can ask, is, are you actually free on Tuesday? Because that is where I have a slot for you. And mo- more often than not, they are.
1: Yeah. I, you know, it's so funny because like I do for my calendar, like I only have like calls with potential clients, like, Mm-hmm. twice a week I have like I have spaces on my online calendar for that. But it when it comes to the in person ones, I it's like I let all of that go and I just like try to like negotiate around it and that doesn't Yeah. It doesn't really make sense to do that. Okay. Yeah. Man, that's a lot to think about and I love the idea of creating standard operating procedures for everybody and <laughs> everything. That is like brilliant. Okay. So there's I have a lot more questions. So I know we also I was ask uh, wow. It's good when I can speak. I also want to talk to you <laughs> a little bit about um pricing and like okay. value based pricing and then also like selling to high ticket clients. Because I know you work with some some high ticket clients for sure.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay.
2: Um, so where do we start? <laughs> volume based pricing is one of my favorite topic of all time. Um, let me put a disclaimer out there though, that you can only do volume based pricing if you see yourself as an expert on that particular role, meaning that you know how to estimate a job and you know that you are confident that you can get to the outcome that they're looking for. So think of it like, I always use this analogy, but think of it like being a barista in Starbucks. They always produce the same kind of macchiato, like wherever you go. Okay. I've Across the globe, it's the same thing. I don't know if it's, it yeah. is in the US, but the countries that I go to, it's the same thing. No no matter who does it, no matter how long they've been doing it, they're, if they're a temp, yep. if they're new, it's the same thing. That's the same concept. For value-based pricing you are exchanging this amount of money in exchange for the same type of result because you know exactly how it's done how long it's going to take you and you know the exact results you're going to give them now um as an obm i would do value-based pricing with product based business because i know how long the the work would take me and i know how the results would be like when I do it, Uh, when I talk about value-based pricing, I would price the value of the work that I bring into the business versus the amount of hours that I do it or the effort that it took me or things like that. So one of the questions that I'm being asked when I talk about value-based pricing is that, what if I I quote a project for say 1,500 a month for three months, so that's like 4,500 in total, for three months. Right. And yep. for I will say it's going to be worth of 20 hours a month. Like, do I need to work actually 30, 20 hours a month for that? And my answer is no, because you, I can, again, I will circle back to you, you need to be able to do value-based pricing coming from an expert point of view. So you've been doing yep. this for a decade. You did um, you paid a lot of mastery programs, boot camps courses to get to where you are right right now, to be able to do this in 30 minutes if you're the one doing it, and then somebody else who does it for 20 hours, but you're delivering the same exact thing. So that is the, the price of the value of that same exact result. Circling back to macchiato example, it doesn't matter if that person did the macchiato for five hours and then the other did it for 30 minutes or five seconds. You pay for the same right. kind of the price.
1: Right. The cost is the same.
2: Yeah.
1: Okay. Awesome. That makes so much sense. I love that. And so it would be, kind of be like instead of the like hourly pricing. I like that with value-based yeah. pricing. Awesome. Okay. We have we have another break coming up. Uh, when we come back, though, let's talk a little bit about selling to high ticket clients. Um Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So you're listening to the Ads Maven with myself, Jen Posick, on Inspired Choices Network. We'll be right back.
0: Want to run Facebook and Instagram ads but aren't sure where to start? Are you running ads but know they could be doing better? The Ads Maven, Jen Paucik, is here to help by sharing the secrets to running effective and profitable Facebook and Instagram ads. Listen to the Ads Maven every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 2 p.m. Central, 1 p.m. Mountain, and 12 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. This is the Ads Maven with Facebook and Instagram ad strategist, speaker, and coach, Jen Paucik. To participate in the show, call in the U.S. 815-880-8255, Canada 613-800-8736, or Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You can also email questions and comments to jen at theadsmaven.com. Now, back to the show.
1: All right. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm Jen Posick, the Ads Maven on Inspired Choices Network. So, we were talking with Antoinette all of oh my gosh, about all the things. So we talked a little bit about being an online business manager and who needs one, Whew, but we have also talked a lot about time blocking and working on a four-day work week and your pricing and using value-based pricing instead of like hourly pricing. Okay, so I know that you work with some high-ticket clients and some like multi-seven-figure business owners. How how did you get started in that, and what are some tips for selling your services to high-ticket clients? Okay,
2: um, so first of all, as a certified OBM, I have give I need to give credit to the association. As part of um, the association, I get um, requests for proposals. So I did Was I was able to get a client from that. But also I have been joining and meeting people um, online, joining masterminds and just doing networking online, the way that you would do it in person. Nice. That's also, yeah, that's also how I do it online. Like I need people like make relationships and connections and just honestly, wear the hat of being someone in service. Like, for example, in a mastermind group, in a Facebook group, you're going to be there and people would be asking about systems and, and, um, creating SOPs or hiring a VA and how to do this. You're going to hop on there and tell them like, Hey, actually, I know the answer to this and just be of service to them. Like not thinking of, Oh, I can actually close the sale or make it a client. It would not come out authentically. So just wear the heart of I always can help somebody today and. Um, yeah, I absolutely. Ticket,
1: yeah, I get clients that way. That's perfect. Do you have suggestions in terms of what groups to, like, hang out in?
2: Um, yes. So high-ticket clients are really busy people. They are not going to hang out in groups that have 300K members because they are really busy. They, they, they can't, you know, they don't have time to hang out in groups or they don't have time to just scroll in, the, in their Facebook pages. So one thing you can find them in high-end masterminds. Like I'm talking about masterminds yeah. that are like worth ten thousand dollars, because they are intentionally engaging on those groups because they pay ten thousand dollars for those masterminds. So that's where you can find that. And try to find a group makes- or a mastermind that. Oh, sorry.
1: <laughs> no, no, no. Go um, ahead. Go ahead.
2: Yeah, try to find a mastermind that you also have an interest on. Um. So, for example, for me, I'm trying to find a mastermind that has something to do with product-based businesses or e-commerce or things like that that you have interest about. Because it's going to be hard to to network and, and socialize with them if you are not interested really on the topic of the mastermind, you know. So, yep. just be there as someone who is looking for high-end clients, but also be there to learn and engage with people.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think that, I mean, that's so great and smart. And I feel like I say the same thing all the time as well. I love this. Um, It's so funny because so just the other day I had, I saw a Facebook post from a friend of mine who was saying that the like online business owner women supporting others, Facebook groups were basically like a load of crap and she wasn't finding any value from them. Like where she was just seeing people giving answers that where they weren't, they weren't willing to like invest in their businesses. Um, mm-hmm. Which I think, I mean, those are, I know that those are out there, but my response to that was, I think you're hanging out in the wrong groups. Like, yeah. and they do tend to be the paid, paid groups because those are people that are already investing in their business. It's been from like yeah. paid groups that I've gotten ads management clients and done with you coaching clients. And it's from paid yep. groups that I've also um gotten, like, just, like, good referral partners from where it's, like, creating those connections and then seeing how you can help each other. And your suggestion about, like, asking, basically going in there to be of service, I think, is so yeah. smart and makes so much sense because that's what I feel like that's what we look for as people is, like, oh, well, this person is helpful, let me like check them out because clearly they want to be helpful in their business. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I think for myself, like I've seen, like I've gotten, I found like referral partners and like just friends from ones that are paid, but not necessarily expensive as well. So I don't think it has to be like high end mastermind, but that makes a lot of sense for Mm. the like, Seven figure business owners and multi seven figure business owners you're right. they're probably not actively hanging out in the Facebook groups of less expensive things
0: that yes. yeah
1: awesome exactly all right um can you talk a little bit about um can you talk a little bit about setting yourself apart from the crowd and what you do for that um i think with that subject it's really simple there is
2: we right now i think in our community the certified obms there's 250 of us across the globe um just right now in every quarter we get 50 people more in every quarter and there are also people who are not really certified but they are also obms and operations director or coo so how do I set myself apart from that? Or as a business coach, like there's tons and tons of business coach. Oh, I, yeah. only
1: <laughs> <laughs> I only have one
2: answer. I only have one one answer. And I think that it's it's obvious and it's, it could be the same answer for you too. There's only one me. What I'm sharing with my clients is mm-hmm. my values, my entire self, my experience, me coming from the Philippines and what poor and hard and non-abundant really looks like from that perspective over here living in Europe, like people here in the West have so, so much, but I'm not going to touch on that subject, but um, my experience and my stories and and the clients that I served and how they evolved into this product-based businesses using their products as platform to empower women to be a, a platform where like... We we talk about anxiety and not feeling good enough and not feeling great about themselves where we meet all together and use this product that because we buy it, like it's the same thing that we buy, but they use this product to come together as a community and say, hey, it's okay. I'm also going through the same thing. And I saw this, you know, with my own eyes. And it's something that I have been passionate about. And this is something that I take with me in every client that I work with, like you work when I work with a with a business, it's not you're not just working for my systems that I created for my SOPs for my management. I'm getting inside your business as me, wholly and fully as a person, mm-hmm. and that's something that you can't actually put a price on. And that's what makes you and every other business owners, or whether you're um uh, you're an OVM or a coach or a consultant or whatnot, that's that's what makes you unique because there's only one way of view of how you do it and your story behind that.
1: Yeah. I love that. Wow. Thank you. Okay. So we are going to take one last break. When we get back, um, I want to talk to you a little bit more about power of showing up and doing work that you love. And then also um, about where people can, Learn more about you and how they can how they can best work with you. So we okay. will um be back in just a minute. You're listening to the ads Maven with myself, Jen Posick on Inspired Choices Network. We'll be right back.
0: Want to run Facebook and Instagram ads but aren't sure where to start? Are you running ads but know they could be doing better? The Ads Maven, Jen Paucik, is here to help by sharing the secrets to running effective and profitable Facebook and Instagram ads. Listen to the Ads Maven every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 2 p.m. Central, 1 p.m. Mountain, and 12 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. This is the Ads Maven with Facebook and Instagram ad strategist, speaker, and coach, Jen Paucik participate in the show, call in the U.S. 815-880-8255, Canada 613-800-8736, or Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You can also email questions and comments to Jen at TheAdsMaven.com. Now, back to the show.
1: All right, welcome back. I'm Jen Possick, The Ads Maven on Inspired Choices Network. So today... Our show topic is, does your business need an online business manager? But really, I feel like we have been talking about, like, all things business. Oh, my goodness. So much stuff. So my guest today is Antoinette Placidis. And so, Antoinette, um, before we get into showing up, the power of showing up and doing work that you love... um, Talk to me a little bit about if somebody wants to know more, if they want to do like work with you, if they want to get on your list and hear from you, where can where can they go?
2: Yeah, um, my website is exactly my name. It's Antoinette with an I, P L A C I D E S dot com.
1: Awesome, and they just go there and they can get more information about how to work with you and yeah. the things that you offer. Perfect. Just like you, um, my, my service. Oh, sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead.
2: Sorry. Yeah. So just like you, my services is like I do done with you, just like you. Like I can work with them and help them test things out and figure out who they need in their business. create SOPs for them when needed. Um, and I can do oh. a done for you where I just, oh, done with you is like with coaching, like me coaching them through it. And then done for you is when we create, like, three months or six months of contract together and me and my team come into your business and clean up your stuff and set you up for success.
1: So when you say, like, clean up your stuff, does that mean, like, creating systems and stuff like that? Yes. (laughs) Yes, because
2: I say this because I would normally come in with a mess, um, just in my perspective though. But, yes, that is... Yes, exactly. We're going to create systems and SOP so that you don't have to think about it as a business owner because sometimes there are things that the business owner would do just because it's easier to just do it that way, but it's not automated. It's yeah. not efficient. It's something that they can have someone do it because they can't explain that this thing should be this and that. And this is where you do this and that. But I'm going to come out, take that from your plate. Sometimes it's painful. A lot of times I fight with the business owner to, for me <laughs> to take the plate from them because it's painful for them in the beginning, but that is what's going to help yeah. scale up the business.
1: Okay, so talk to me about like what types of things do you help them like take off their plate? Yes. Um, so the
2: administrative stuff, really. So here's the thing. Um, if you haven't read yet The Big Leaf by Gay Hendricks, it's it's a, it's a nice book. It, he talks about zone of genius. He talks about four zones. So he talks about the zone of genius, the zone of excellence, the zone of competence, and the zone of non-competence. Obviously, zone of non-competence is the things that you're not good at. Zone of um, competence is the things that you're okay with. And then zone of excellence are the things that you you are an expert on, but it's not necessarily uh-huh. something that... Like that you love, that comes out from your heart, that you are made of, it's not your purpose. Then you have your zone of genius. This is exactly why you are here on earth for is how to say it. So depending on, so I sit down with my client on our very first strategy call together. We create a 90-day plan on what are the things that we want to work together. And then I assess, depending on who they are and what they love most in their business. We write down a CEO list. Figure, figure out the things that they don't love doing. And that's what I take away. So for example, there are clients who like writing, but don't want um, closing sales calls. So I'm going to hire, create an SOP for how he wants the sales calls is being executed and find like a sales associate for that. Um, for example, he is someone, a client likes to do the text stuff like getting into the back end of things and like fix the tech stuff and really be in the inside the funnel of stuff. But yeah. he's not very good at in, in managing clients and, and taking care of their emails and being in contact with clients. I'm going to find a client relations manager for that. So I figure out where you're oh. good at, where your zone of genius life and then the others. We take it out of your plate, and we put people and systems in place for that to still happen without you putting a finger
1: on it. Oh, my gosh. This is, like, brilliant. Okay, so do you consider this part of the coaching, or this is, like, the OBM stuff, or? Um, yeah. Is that,
2: it... that, that, that's something that I apply to my coaching as well, because that, that is where my core lies, like, to figure out what it is you want to do and function in that as well, both as an OBM and as a coach. But, yes, it's something that all of us OBMs do in the beginning. We sit on a strategy call together, okay. at least that's what we're trained to do, figuring out the next 90 days of our relationship, what are the most important things that we want to clean up, set up a system for, and what do you want to do in your business? Like, what do you like love doing? And sometimes business owners say that they like doing this, stuff there's things and as we create systems for them they would figure out that it's not really yet that they want to do and they would figure <laughs> out because they would have they would have the space and time and they'd say oh really yeah. I, I actually don't like writing it's just something that I've been doing that I did not have time to actually reflect upon if I really like this but yeah that is where we start as an OBM figuring out like who, who you are really like why are you doing this business? Gotcha.
1: where are you going Oh, my goodness. That's awesome. So how long does it usually take to get those systems in place?
2: Oh, my God. Um, It depends. Um, I want to say six months to get the bare bones all together. It really depends on how big the business is. Um, The longest that I have handled is like six months, but it's because this client's business is an equivalent of three businesses. Um and we're still like suzzing things out. We're still not hundred percent there yet. But yeah, it, it, he's an equivalent of three clients. But I gotcha. wanna say three months to six months.
1: Okay. So if you're like I, I think a lot of my a lot of my listeners are kinda like solopreneurs, that type of thing. Um is that something that like they could benefit from still, like getting those SOPs in place and getting the systems for it? Yes. Actually, yes. If they
2: are not, so you want to hire an OBM when you reach the six to seven figure mark and when you have a team already and you would know that you want to hire an OBM is if you have like multiple contractors and you don't want to manage them because if you have multiple contractors, you're still going to have to answer each and Uh, every
1: questions,
2: right? So you want to bring in an OBM for that OVM to answer their questions and make things make sure that things are happening without you being involved in that. Um, however, you need to have a team to have an OVM for a second. It's advisable that you have hit the six to seven figure mark because it's just not um, possible for you to acquire an OVM at that point. Um, it's not possible for the business. I can't speak for everybody because we OBMs are, you know, we have our own businesses and we do our own services and pricing individually. Um Moreover, I can't speak for the non-certified community. But to have an OBM, you have to prepare for at least, I want to say, 2500 a month until 10K gotcha. a month to have an OBM, like to pay an
1: OBM. Okay. Gotcha. Okay, so that makes sense being like – you want to have like a six or seven figure business before you're bringing in an OVM. Okay, cool. Yeah. Awesome. Oh man. They definitely. They definitely want
2: to start creating SOPs in place and like just record it. If they are not familiar with yeah. how to create their system of SOP, they could just do a loan video, just record themselves on how they do it and talk through like the goal for doing this task is this, the result that I'm looking for is this, and this is how I do it exactly. So that when they're ready to hire a VA, they ah. just give that loom video to the VA. That's actually the first thing that I ask um a client to do when they're hiring a VA, record a loom video, give it to the VA and ask the VA to create an SOP out of it. Like because your client the client will be able to see how the VA understood it and then she's gonna put it in words into an SOP. Send it back to the client, yep. and then the client can say, "Oh no, actually, this is this is what I meant when I said this." Um, instead right. of the client saying, "Here's the task, do it, and then we'll figure it out from there," it always doesn't work. That is like setting yourself up for failure. But if you ask the VA to translate yeah. it into an SOP, you get to correct it, uh, considering you considering that we all learn differently like there's visionaries there's people who are good with just writing and reading and considering that having your PA create an sop for you will be the best way to communicate how you like this thing's done and you want to collect this systems in place as you grow because it'll be hard to like when your business grow it grows super fast and if you don't have this SOPs and systems recorded you're going to have to slow down a little bit to be able to record them and it's gonna hard it's gonna be hard to scale off without them.
1: <sighs> yeah. That makes so much sense. Oh my gosh. I have some work to do. I'm <laughs> gonna create some SOPs for sure. That sigh of
2: relief is something that we OBMs know like the back of our hand with our clients. I was like, we were like in every
1: discovery call. Like,
2: yep, that is the sigh of relief for an OBM. That's what we're always aiming for. <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh, man. I, okay, so I I feel like I've got some serious work to do. I don't know if you are listening and you feel the same way. Hopefully, I'm not alone, but... I feel like, okay, so for myself, I feel like I want to just go down to like five day work weeks. I'm not even <laughs> like to the point for the four, like that's nope, but just five day work weeks. And so like really working on time blocking with that, but then also creating some like SOPs so that I can bring on other people in my business. Um, and I have stuff for them to do. Like I've had people help me with stuff, but, and I know it like it's, it's, It's a challenge for me, and I think it's because I don't always know what to give them, like, what I Mm. need help with. But that makes so much sense, creating the SOPs for it. Yeah. Yeah. So with figuring out what to, like, what to hand off, is it just, Mm -hmm. like, I know you said you start off by creating a list of all the things that you do. How long do Mm -hmm. you, like, take to create that list? Like, do you, like look over like a week of time and like write down what you're doing for a week? Um honestly with with the clients
2: that we have in our OBM community, that CEO list never ends. Um it is exactly That's why the- you need an OBM. Um because the CEO would yep. always kind of take that list away like, hey, I actually want to do this. And your my job is to put our CEOs, our clients to their zone of genius all the time, like battle it, like push them in there because sometimes they would say, Oh, actually, I just want to write this little email because I can do it. But when they do that, they're actually avoiding something. And as the business wife, you're going to tell them, this is where the wife really comes in. <laughs> they're going to tell them, Hey, you're actually avoiding your work, your zone of genius work, go back to it. The team and I have it. Ah. Um, so yeah, you have to set the boundaries of like, you have to be able to figure out your list that you really, really love doing. So for you, if it's like writing content or doing podcasts, you have to um really be solid on that. And then the other things, yeah. you just have to delegate. Um And then as you grow, it's a matter of knowing yourself really and fully in a different level. And as you grow and you figure out that, no, really, I don't really like doing podcasting. Maybe I want to do something else, you know, <laughs>
1: as you are growing in right. your business.
2: Um, then you would come to your OBM and say, I don't really want to do this. Can we switch to something else? Because I feel like my business is developing and I want to change my CEO list. So it's the CEO list is ever yeah. evolving, but it's our job as OBM to protect that, but also to protect the vision. Because the client sometimes is just, like a child who needs to be, you know, <laughs> reminded, hey, this is your job. Yeah. Gotcha.
1: Oh, man. Antoinette, thank you again so much for joining me on my show. Thank you. And, um can And can I share what you said right before we got started? Yeah. Um, that this was your first podcast?
2: It is. I'm super excited. Hey, so
1: excited! Oh I'm. Yeah, I feel so honored that I got to share that with you. So thank you again so much. And for those of you listening, if you want to learn more, you can go to AntoinettePlacides.com. Uh, dot com. Uh, The link is in the show notes, but it's uh, P L A C I D E S AntoinettePlacides.com dot com to learn more. Oh, my goodness. Thank you again. This has been awesome. I feel like I have a ton of notes to get to work on. Um, All right. So next week, guys, I have a friend who is talking about getting long-term clients. Very excited for Joanna to be joining us. Thank you guys for for joining me today, and I'll see you next week.
0: Thanks for listening to the Ads Maven. Jen Palsik will return next Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 2 p.m. Central, 1 p.m. Mountain, and 12 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. See you next week, where we will dive into more Facebook and Instagram ad strategies.